Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to That's So Fringy Podcast. We're here doing a Sunday episode. I'm Rick. I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this week we didn't have a guest because we scheduled out a little bit further and left ourselves a slot so we could do another uh, episode with just us because uh, we like to spice things up every once in a while, you know, flip it on you. We thought maybe you missed us. Yeah. Uh, We didn't think. We knew. We knew for sure. So... Anyway, we hope that you enjoy this. But first, we got a couple of things that we want to talk about, like liking and subscribing, right? This is where you do your part, you know, as the community and you like and you subscribe and you send it out to the people around you because the call of Jesus is to evangelize and we you know, talk to everybody about Jesus. So it's really easy for you to just slip this to somebody, if you know what I mean, you know, just like here, listen to these weirdos. So hopefully you guys are getting a lot of information out of our, our, um, episodes that we're having, and we're just going to continue to put the pedal down because we've got a lot of upcoming guests and a lot of things that we're going to be getting into. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss any of it. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. And also video. For those of you that don't know, we have video. But if you're only listening on Apple Podcasts or a podcast app, for that matter, you're not going to see us. So you have to go to YouTube or our website where you can see us or you can um, get Spotify and Spotify actually has it within the app, which is pretty cool. So if you just want to listen and then pick it up every once in a while, just to see like, if or if we you're nosy like me and you want to see what the guests look like. I always want to <laughs> see what the guests look like. Mm-hmm. I have yeah, to match you, a face with a voice. So you have to. Yep. You guys, you guys, we are really enjoying doing this and, uh, we hope that you guys are enjoying all that we're putting out. So with that, we wanted to transition into a thing that we've been researching currently. Um, and it is the finders, the finders. So this episode is going to be about the finders. And for those of you that don't know what the finders are, um, a lot of this information came out from some declassified FBI files. Now you can get on to the FBI website and actually find these files yourself, but we're going to link them um, on our show page on the website and then link that in the description below. So you can go and read these. I will save you some trouble. This is why we're doing this episode because I've it's read a lot. a lot of these pages and it's like 300. What was it, Beth? Like 360 Just on something. The first part. 322, which is mm. a really weird number. Ugh. Yeah. But yeah, 322 on the first part, there's actually four parts to the mm-hmm. FBI declassified document. So 
Yeah, it's exhaustive, but it doesn't really tell you a whole lot. You have to, you have to dig deeper. And, and that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people have done. And so we wanted to bring some of that information to you guys tonight. So look for that link uh, down there if you do want to read these uh, actual documents. But Beth, why don't you start us out with what, what are the finders? What, what are these documents talking about? So, yeah, nobody really knew what they were, who they were until the late 80s. So 1987, I believe it was in February in Tallahassee, some anonymous human reported that there was six children in a park and two very well-dressed men who were with them. The children appeared very disheveled. Um, they had like bites all over their bodies, not just bug bites, but like bites, like possibly human bites. Hmm. Um, they were filthy, super dirty, malnutrition. I mean, and they were like playing like animals, like they weren't playing like normal kids on a playground. Yeah. So some, so an anonymous person called it in, um, to the Tallahassee police department and they went out and then, uh, well, they pulled over the van that they were in and then ended up arresting these two men. Um, They started questioning them and there was a lot of pushback. They were like not really wanting to talk about, you know, who are these kids? Where are you guys going? One of the guys said they were going, they were taking the children to a special school in Mexico. Um, And these kids range, I think it was from like 11 down to two years old. So a fairly wide range of, of kids there. Um, so they ended up, you know, separating the children from the men and doing some questioning. The kids were, again, very disheveled, didn't really know how to communicate with, like, adults. Um, yeah. They were asking to use the bathroom outside. Yeah, they had no context of, like, what a television was or, yeah. mm. like, modern conveniences like bathrooms they had like no concept of any of that and they and the only thing that they were saying was that those men were their teachers is mm-hmm. that right yeah they that were, they, were yeah. they were their teachers that was all they really knew mm-hmm. and and that they they were being weaned from their mothers so they they knew who their mothers were but they hadn't seen them in over two months again this was in february so they had talked about they hadn't seen them since like christmas time so yeah because people need to be weaned from their mothers like i i I get it if you're talking about breastfeeding but it it sounds like they're talking about weaning them off of their mothers as like not needing them anymore right yeah that's very very strange (laughs) so tallahassee um there was a couple really good investigators that were you know, super curious and wanted to get down to the bottom of what was going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, They ended up doing, taking the kids to the hospital and doing, you know, I assume like a rape kit to see if there was any kind of signs of sexual abuse. Um, Two of the children did exhibit signs of sodomy and sexual abuse. Mm. But then when asked about it later, um, they got really weird. The older one, they referred to her as Mary. Um, she got really weird about it. Like, no, there was, there was no bad touches. There was nothing. Mm. And then she kind of shut down after that. Yeah. I mean, that's a telltale sign right there for anybody that has kids. Like the thing that they don't want to talk about is the very thing that happened, you know? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So the kids were super sketch. And then the stuff they found in this van 
when they pulled these two guys over, it looked like the kids had been living in there for like a while. Like it was filthy. It smelled really bad. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was in bad condition, but then they also found like some computers and floppy disks. And so this was in 1987. So for some perspective, like, like the earliest computers were barely out if out mm-hmm. like windows 95 didn't come out till 1995 and this was 1987 mm-hmm. right so technology didn't exist the way that it does now so for them to have computers and have some of this technology didn't it like it didn't add up none of it added up mm-hmm. yeah they had a, a tsr 80 which i'm not a computer person at all but they had a tsr 80 computer in the van and according to the kids they were and these two men who were their teachers were in contact with a, a man that went by the name of the game caller. Mm. They didn't know his real name at that point. We will get into that later, but um, that's so all the they, kids knew him as. Yeah. The game caller would get in touch with the two men in the van and they would play games is mm. according to the kids. One of the games that they talked about playing was um, they would find a man on the street and strip him down and take all of his money. And this is coming from an 11 year old girl explaining this game that they played. Right. Not, not going to make up something weird and random like that. You know, right. 11, 11 years old, you, you don't have that type of context even for something like, like they that. They didn't even know how to use the bathroom, like mm-hmm. a, a bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Fast forwarding just a little bit on this part. They, they did find out that these kids were living outside. Um, they were living in the watermelon fields where th- this initially this finders club, whatever you want to call it, um, originates in Washington, D.C., which, again, we'll get into in a little bit. But they mm-hmm. found that these kids were living outside in these watermelon fields and were not allowed inside. They found mm-hmm. that they were eating an all raw meat diet, um, <sighs> didn't know how to use a toilet, just really, really strange things that they were, and this is all coming from the kids. Like this was not coming from the men because they pretty much shut down. Yeah, the guys wouldn't talk oh, yeah. much. It sounds like they were pretty much like, no, we're not talking to anybody. No, I mean, if they're traffickers, they know. They know. They have right. a whole cover story. I mean, the whole teacher thing, taking him to Mexico. Like, obviously, this is their cover story. And what what is he going to say? You know, like, yes, these are, these are some children that we trafficked, you know? So they have all of this stuff figured out. So let's talk about the DC connection because the DC connection is very interesting to me when they started, um, investigating, they started finding that this was had deeper ties, right? These, these finders, these, these particular guys were linked to this larger overall web of um, pedophilia and human trafficking. And they went by the name of the finders or the finders group. And uh, yeah. So what kind of affiliation with DC have you heard of them being linked to? Beth. So initially, um, I think the kids were the ones that said, yeah, we are from DC. And one of the men ended up confirming that that's where they were. They were traveling from DC to Florida to then take these kids to the special school for special kids in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So they track them like special talented and gifted type 
children mm-hmm. in school. Right. Which we know going back to our MK Ultra episode, they disguise this, you know, special, special gifting, whatever it is. That's where they're doing all these tests on these children to see where yeah. are they gifted? Where can mm-hmm. we use them? So mm-hmm. that was the cover story. They tracked it back to DC. Yes, they're, they found the kids' moms, most of the children's mothers in DC, and then also Maryland. So Ma- the Maryland was ki- kind of where it started, it sounds like. There was a farm in Maryland um, that was owned by, the, by a guy, Marion Petty was his name. Okay. Um, turns out this guy was actually the game caller. Eventually they made that connection. So he owned mm. this farm and then they had another offshoot in DC. Um, they got in contact with, again, these kids' moms and the moms basically said, we let those guys take the kids, you know, we're weaning them off of us. This is totally normal. We're, you know, we, this is how we do it. Yeah. This is we live a very different lifestyle alternative lifestyle Mm -hmm. so there was so then tallahassee police ended up getting in contact with the dc metro police department Mm -hmm. and kind of started an investigation in dc which come to find out they they already knew about the finders dc police did oh i wonder how (laughs) yeah it goes deep, right? It's uh-huh. it's this. I mean, when we on this podcast talk about how all of this human trafficking is related to DC, at some point we have to we have to realize that there is, there is a group of very organized, very specialized people that are just snatching kids all the time. That's what they do. They just snatch kids. And it's crazy to me that how they treat them, how they, these, these kids are, are moved from point A to point B. They don't care about their bathroom habits. Obviously, um, they don't care about any of that stuff. And it's, and it's shocking. More importantly, it's shocking that all of those conditions are being provided by, by our own government by the people that are in power that, that we're so-called electing to come in and speak for us. We, the people, this is the type of stuff that they're actually doing. And it's just, and it's on the FBI website. You can read these documents. Yeah, it leaks. It's all there. It's, yeah. it's complicated to read because it's redacted and, you know, if you've ever seen how they declassify documents, they I think they purposely just throw things like they throw all the papers up in the air and then wherever they land is the order they put them in kind of yeah. a thing. So it's it's hard to get through. But there. So so was it the D.C. police that that they found a house like a duplex or two houses side by side or something? Was mm-hmm. it the D.C. police that that found that and they had already raided it or did they raid it at that time when they found the children? Yeah, so they they ended up doing conducting a search warrant at the time that Tallahassee had contacted DC and said, "Hey, there's something weird going on here," okay. and they did a, a you know acted out the search warrant in DC on the on the duplex and then another house warehouse, and then uh-huh. at the same time on the Maryland farm. Hmm. Somehow, though, before this raid happened, Marion Petty, who was the one that owned that farm in Maryland told everybody to flee time Mm. to go. So there was actually no people there, 
but they did find a lot of evidence um, in these warehouses that they raided. Yeah. Yeah, there was some weird stuff in, in these places. I mean, obviously, one of them had like a lot of children's clothing and, you know, stuff like that. They had obviously looked like children had lived there or they had yeah. supplies for children. I think that was the warehouse. Yeah, they had a lot of children's clothing. Um, they had they found books on mind control um, and how to perform mind control. They found books on Satanism. Um, mm. And then they also ended up finding some pictures some polaroids of naked children i you know one of the police officers said we're not quote we're not saying that this is um pornography but it it does look a lot like what we would consider pornography mm. so it was a really and weird didn't, didn't they have like a spot in this warehouse that looked like it was for filming like yeah like it looks yeah. like a studio type yeah area and then they had like other little areas in this warehouse that looked like like a place that you would program somebody like a reenactment center or, mm -hmm. you know, something, something like that. So there was lots of weird, weird things in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very strange. So then jumping back to Florida, a, a couple days after these two men get arrested, they're being held. The kids are being, you know, taken care of in a secure location is what they said. Um, yeah, I, I did read a thing that said, like, shortly after they, they took these men into custody and had the children, they were getting, like, bomb threats at the children, like, where they would normally, like, these these shelters that they would normally put these kids in when you get them, you know, like, DCS has these places. Yeah. They were getting bomb threats at these places, and, no, like, these nobody should have even, the media didn't even know that this situation was going on yet. And they were already, so they ended up having to place them in a secure, like a special, like a black site with armed guards. Yeah. Like yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. They had had 24 hour security for these kids. It seemed to me like Tallahassee was taking this pretty seriously and like, we need to figure out what's going on here. And then yeah. DC was like, ah, we already know about them, whatever. Mm -hmm. But sure, we'll go raid their warehouses. We'll just tip them off first so we can't arrest anybody. Right. So there's actually yeah. no people there. Yeah. So floor in Florida, I think it was two days after the men were arrested, a student at Florida State University um, is walking in front of the library and there's a, a phone booth outside and there's a computer, a TSR-80, inside this phone booth. So he takes it into the library and starts, you know, getting into it. And there's a ton of information about the finders and mm. about the the reports that Tallahassee had started on the finders. How long after mm. did he find that computer from when, like, they originally arrested those men? I it think, was not very long, right? No, I think it was two days. Yeah, it, it was two days. Like, not long enough that it's just, remember, technology was not. Right. At the push of a button back then. Right. Yeah. So they found a bunch of weird stuff on the computer. They found um, some logs on how to buy children um, and sell children, which was very mm. weird. So this student was like freaked out and turned it into the police. And then nothing really ever came of that. Like we never heard anything else about this computer or what else was on this computer. Mm -hmm. It was obviously belonged to somebody in the finders. Yeah. 
I saw that there was something about, um, like, I don't know if it was in the search engine or what, but it, they were inquiring about the Chinese embassy. And then in yeah. the in the van, when they pulled the guys over originally, there was a Chinese to English dictionary or what do they mm. call that? Translation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when uh, Marion, so this Marion Petty guy. Oh, yeah. You should explain who this peach is. The game game <laughs> caller guy. Um, he was actually a master sergeant in the Air Force. Hmm. So when he got tipped off that they were going to be raiding his property in Maryland, um, he ended up flying out of the Andrews Air Force Base to China. Um, why China? I don't know. Nobody can really figure out. But there was also a, a dictionary that he kept with him, a translation dictionary. So there's not a ton of information about this guy. Um, he passed away in 2003. He never had any charges brought on him. He was a master sergeant in the Air Force. Rick, what does it take to be a master sergeant? Quite a bit. I mean, you got to be in for some years and you got to work your way up. There's a lot of, uh, you know, leadership courses and stuff like that. I don't know specifically about the Air Force, but I know, you know, for the Marine Corps, there was courses that you could take and schools that you had to go to to learn about leadership and in order to advance yourself in the ranks. Mm -hmm. So it would take a while. And it is interesting that he was in the Air Force because there's a very big link to the air force and the deep state because a lot of the really deep operations especially with like ufos and working with the uh, raytheon and skunk works uh lockheed martin when you get into that realm of all of the these military industrial complex people they're working a lot with the air force mm -hmm. the air force is right usually when you think of this whole cabal as being global mm. i mean how do they get from here to there they have to fly there i mean yeah the air force would be mm -hmm. somebody that they would want for transportation purposes they would want them in their back pocket for sure yeah. And, and I'm not saying UFOs exist. I'm just saying that, uh, well, I'm, I'm not saying that alien UFOs exist. I believe that there are a lot of UFOs, unidentified flying objects that are man-made. We have a lot of those. We have mm -hmm. all of those military industrial complex companies making all of those mm -hmm. things. And, you know, reverse engineering, maybe, of right. crafts that they found. But all of that said to say that it's usually the Air Force that is finding, if, if they do have downed craft, it's the Air Force that's finding them. And it's the Air Force that's working with those craft and those companies to reverse engineer, stuff like that. So if there is craft, it's the Air Force, and it is Air Force bases, and it's very much Air Force. So if this dude is Air Force, it doesn't really shock me at all. And those are those connections that my mind make. But Yeah, I didn't even – I didn't make those connections as a non-military person. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have – I just thought, oh, master sergeant. That I know that's a big deal. High yeah. up to to be that. Our grandpa was a master sergeant mm -hmm. in the army. Yeah. So, and he was he was a. I mean, he retired from the army. That was his mm -hmm. career. Right. So, it takes a while. I didn't know if it was just time or if there was like actual. 
you know, it's, sometimes it's just the amount of time you've been in and sometimes there's actual special things you have to do to. Well, and it depends on which, um, you know, what, what your MOS or your military job specialty is, mm-hmm. um, depending on what, what you do, what your knowledge is in that area, how quickly you're advancing in that type of stuff. Cause you're not going to mm-hmm. be a leader of your area of expertise if you don't really know it that well, you know what I mean? Right. So that's, he's probably pretty knowledgeable and I, uh, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in some sort of military intelligence in the Air Force, because mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of these intelligence communities are where they hide a lot of these mm-hmm. these operations. And then when you look at this one and you find that it's linked to the CIA, mm-hmm. um, stuff starts to really get weird again. So what, what's the link to the CIA with, with the finders? So, so let's go back. They end up raiding their warehouse, raiding their mm-hmm. properties, all of that. So how do they make that connection between these people and the CIA? Yeah, I'm not do sure how know? the connection was made. Does, Bethany, do you know how they linked it to the CIA? I It doesn't really say in the documents that I've yeah. read the connection other than they knew about this mm-hmm. group, mm-hmm. cult, whatever you want to call it. There yeah. was already prior knowledge within the FBI, the CIA, the DC Metro Police, mm-hmm. and the Maryland Police Department. Um, they all already knew about hmm. these people. So why, how they knew about them, that's a great question. Right. Mm-hmm. I did see a thing that, that was a internal memo or there was lots of internal memos from the Mm -hmm. people in Florida, but there was also one from the people in DC that was like, uh, Hey, we're supposed to be investigating this, but kind of like a hands off. We, you, you guys don't need to do anything like, yeah. So DC was handling it, but by handling it, they meant nobody was to investigate it because they already knew about it. So it was like no big deal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, what ends up happening to the men? So we're in Florida. These men mm-hmm. get taken into custody, kids taken away. Then what happens to these guys? So they end up taking the children back to their mothers after they find their moms. Um, the guys are in jail. I read a couple different places. It was 10 days. It was six weeks. Regardless, they were not in jail for a very long time. Mm. And charges were completely dropped. So initially, the initial charge was... Um, it wasn't a felony. It was a mis- misdemeanor um, like child endangerment. Neglect. Oh, ne- neglect. Okay. And so that's what they were holding them on. Um, and then after DC and the FBI and U.S. Customs was involved because it was over borders, hmm. um, they basically all said to the Tallahassee police, "Drop it." That, like there's, we have no evidence, even though there is plenty of evidence that right. was seized from these properties. Um, they, they came out and said that we have no evidence. These people can live however they want to live. And they ended up releasing these two men to go about their business. Yeah. Well, and that's how you know that it's connected to the government or it's connected to the deep state. I should be more Somebody specific. Somebody higher up that yeah. can make that decision. Yeah. Right. Because the, you know, for these charges to get thrown out like that, it reminds you of someone like 
Hunter Biden, you know, or, Mm -hmm. or, or Joe Biden for that matter. And how there's this, you know, two tiered justice system in America where you've got these group of people that can just walk away from something like this. You can have children, uh, and, and be caught with those children and the children can be saying the things that they're saying and you can just walk away from that and nobody's mm-hmm. following up and nobody's I mean, trying to. Isn't the condition of the children, just their physical condition, isn't that evidence enough that there was neglect? I mean, they weren't showered, but that goes back to if they call it a cult, then they're allowed to live how they want to live, you know, like even though the children didn't make that choice. So that's a, that's a blurred line for me, but yeah, the parents are allowed to raise their children how they want. So if they want to not shower, they don't have to. Well, and that's how the cabal has packaged all of their nefarious behavior is in religion. Right. Because religion has these certain in America, anyway, these certain um, protections that keep, Mm -hmm. you know, you from getting raided or or keep all of these different things. You can do a lot of things just by saying, I believe that this is true. You know, I believe that's in Satan or I believe in killing babies or I believe in being a, you know, a a person that's attracted to young children, you know, like I believe that that is part of my religion. And it's like, you don't get to just use religion as, as a, a a crutch to get away with everything that you're doing, but that's what they're doing. And we've allowed it for too long. And we need to, you know, as we, the people, we need to stand up and say, we're not allowing this anymore. You don't get to just bury it. Maybe we'll have to do an episode later on about the fact that this, there's evidence that the CIA is actually was behind a lot of the cults that started a lot of the, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like behind it as in funding and, you know, turning a blind eye and all that to a lot of these cults that started, like there's evidence that Jim Jones, you know, was affiliated with the CIA, which we'll have to do stuff about that later because this Finders Club has more. There's more to the story. Yeah, I mean, just think back to the 60s and all of the things that were going on in the 60s, -hmm. all of the drugs, all of the free love sex, all of the occult stuff and Satanism. and But then there was also a Jesus revolution going on, you know? So it's like there's... There's it was been all this about war. division, though. It was mm-hmm. all about division. That's what mm-hmm. they've been trying to do this whole time, which is what they're still doing, D- dividing people. Yep, divide and conquer. Yep. I mean, Jesus even says it, uh, you know, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. We need to stand together and say we're not allowing this anymore. So... What else you guys have about the finders? So so these guys get released from custody, either 10 days or six weeks or whatever, insert a number. There's no amount of time you can put these people in jail, in my opinion, for mistreating children, even if it is just letting them be filthy and covered in in not just bug bites. But I'm sure those kids were biting each other. And I mean, Mm -hmm. they were acting like animals. So Mm -hmm. it's there's no amount of time that would justify doing that to a child. But 10 days to six weeks is definitely not enough time. (laughs) So then they let them go. And then like, what happens after that? 
Not much. The FBI comes out and, you know, makes a statement to the public because the, well, because the journalists were mad. Yeah. Well, and the cops in Tallahassee were upset. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, they were like, we saw and heard some really disturbing things from these children and seemingly we're, we're giving them back to their mothers who said, no, it was okay. Those, we gave permission to those guys. They're their teachers, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like the, the police officers were pretty upset seemingly in Tallahassee. Um, there was like a lot they were of, trying to be the voice for the children. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, um, the FBI came out and, and made a statement because it was in the news in Florida at that point. Didn't sound like there was a lot of news coverage in DC or Maryland. There was like a New York Times journalist that that was on it somehow. But yeah. and then so then they were like outraged at the treatment of these children and like what's going to happen. And then it was like within a few days, it, something happened and everybody was like, oh, it was all just a misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. how these journalists went from being outraged and these police officers went from being outraged to well, it's just a misunderstanding. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if our episodes about how the media is controlled and everything like that, and and bought and paid for by the CIA and the deep state, then we know that they probably got a message from above that said, "We're not talking Squash about this it. anymore. Move on. Talk yeah, about there, something else." There is some language in some of those declassified documents, which you know, what probably would not have come out if you think about it, had it mm-hmm. not been for the freedom of information act, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, those would still be declassified. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, it's thank God somebody wanted to find out some more information about this stuff, but um, there was some language in there that basically from one of the higher ups at the uh, FBI special agent said no more. We don't want to dive into this case anymore, talking mm-hmm. to another agent. Um, and then the FBI came out and said, we found no criminal activity. You know, these two men have been released and that's that. Mm-hmm. And then seemingly nothing was in the news about it any longer. Um, in 1993, so people were asking questions again, like whatever happened to this mm-hmm. cult, mm-hmm. whatever happened to this group. Um, and there's some blurps in the FBI documents from 93. But again, like Kristen said, I think they throw the papers up and wherever they land, they land. Nothing is in order. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And heavily redacted. I mean, it, it'll yes. be like this person and this person and you don't get to know their names. You don't right. get to know like who they work for. Uh, or- from to like, you don't get anything. Yeah, yeah, but the, the thing that was clear was all the stuff that we've laid out up until this point. Those are the things that you'll all glean from those documents is everything that, that Bethany laid out and Kristen laid out. Cause Bethany I, actually I watched a documentary about, about it that we'll put in notes, but did they t- explain any more about who this master sergeant was or what his connection to this cult was? Or did he just own the property somehow? Like, how is that? How is he connected to these people? Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of information about this guy other than he did not go by his regular name. He went mm-hmm. by the game caller um, and he was the one who was in contact with these two men specifically. But whoever it was that, you know, they he was the one that 
called the shots and said what to do. Yeah. And that that was coming from the kids. They would get the children said game the game caller would put whatever information on the computer to their teachers and their teachers would then tell them the children what game it was that they were going to play. Which is just gross, you know, even that they're calling it games, you know, that they're calling it a, he's the game caller and he calls in and gives them these weird games to play. It's like, it just, it just makes you so sick. There was one where it was like the game was that the kids were supposed to find out the man with a hole in his shirt and like put their finger in it and rip the shirt. It was like, Mm. these are weird. Like, what are these games? What's the purpose? Yeah, very weird. It makes me think about the Hunger Games. Like, that was the first thing that came to my mind when I Mm -hmm. started reading about this game caller guy. Because don't they have... It's called... It's it's not the architect. The architect is in the Matrix. Yeah, no, it's the the people that sit in the control room that are like... Yeah, but there's one guy that is the... It was and it was played by the guy who died, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't. Gosh. I'm looking at him in my brain. I think he was called the game caller or the game master or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Where he something was about the one who, who put up the you know sent out all those bees mm-hmm. or sent mm-hmm. out the he was controlling the weather right. in the dome thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. I mean that movie. I didn't even think about that. When you think about that movie, if you've watched it or watched the series, and you think about the world that we live in now, <laughs> yeah. there's so many correlations, in my opinion, yeah. when you agree. watch it with an open mind and not just like, oh, this is just a movie, because it's not just a movie, in my opinion. It's not just a movie to them. I'll tell right. you that like these controllers, these Hollywood types, it's not a, it's not a game to them. It's not a movie to them. It's they're telling you exactly what they're doing. This is their real life. This is their reality. And yeah. it's shocking to so many people. Cause you, you know, and that's the worst part about it is they, they make you idolize these people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Big like time. they, they push you to have these football players, basketball players, Hollywood actors, musicians, all these people that are complicit in this child trafficking and, and, uh, sex trafficking and killing of babies. I mean, that's how these people get their careers, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So y- you, you learn all of this stuff and then you're like, man, they like teach you to idolize the worst people in the world and you don't even know that you're doing it it's just it's just what you're taught you know but then when you learn you're like okay he's called the gamekeeper by the way the gamekeeper gamekeeper. i was just looking it up on imdb (laughs) i knew you were because i just looked it up i'm like wait we got to stop the madness because that's all we can think about yeah we figured yeah all of us all the all the listeners too some somebody out there in their car right now is yelling the gatekeeper you guys are so dumb it's the gatekeeper yeah always mystery solved yeah now you know very weird i mean of course they couldn't call him in the movie the game caller that would be too Mm -hmm. much of an association with right finders cold but i mean that's close enough Mm -hmm. like was there more kids ever found or like so when they went to that that property 
where these people were living. They found the moms. Was there other kids or were those the only kids? Everybody was already gone. Some other children. Um, I read somewhere that they only found a few other children, mm-hmm. um, but it was like a lot of adults and, you know, this like a dozen children or however many kids it was. So mm-hmm. not a, not a ton of children at that point in time, but a lot of adults and they lived this alternative lifestyle Nobody wore clothes. Um, Just, I mean, who am I to judge, right? Right. But when you involve innocent children Mm -hmm. and we don't, how do we really know that these, that was their mothers? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, they found a whole log of how to get children from out of country, specifically Hong Kong was mentioned in Mm -hmm. one of the documents. So like, I don't know. Like, did some of these women just go, oh, that one's mine. And then, and then they just like, okay, here you go. Have your kid back. Like, come on. They have to do paternity tests now before a dad can visit his kid. If the mom says that's not the dad. Right. Like, I just don't understand. I don't, yeah, that I goes know. back to the two different rules, right? You got rules for these mm-hmm. people, and you've got rules for us normal, everyday peasants. You know, we don't. And I we don't get to ask questions. We're driving to Subway, which is two blocks <laughs> from my house. When I was sixteen years old, let it go. Sixteen years old, they yeah. gave me for not putting my seatbelt on. Like, Traumatized, apparently. She was running late for work. I was. Jeez. <laughs> didn't have time. And my seatbelt, to be honest, was broken. Yeah. I just didn't want to tell them that. So The old Oldsmobile. <laughs> the old Oldsmobile. Dang. You had an Oldsmobile? I should nice. have never got that ticket, though. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I got rid of that car. I know. There's my not a lot of information on the finders. You know, it's, it's hidden it's on perfect. purpose. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a reason for all the redactions. There's a reason. I mean, these these two guys and and the women that they found and the children, all of that's not national security. Like that's no. no. So why the is, redactions? This has nothing to do with national security, or does it? Mm. Or does it? Because if anybody uh-huh. found out who was actually involved in all of this. It would be, it would be a big deal. It would be a mass uprising of the people, which I think is what's happening right now. Everybody's rising up and being like, you know what? We're not doing this children mm-hmm. mutilation anymore. The We're not is doing where the people are drawing the line, like drawing a firm mm-hmm. line. Yeah, for sure. as they should, you yeah. know, because. You know, for too long, we kind of take the brunt of things as parents, and we can speak from experience because we have a lot of children. Um, and so you you take on a lot of that responsibility. You got to get them fed. You got to, you know, teach them how to do this, teach them how to do that. You want to raise up your children in the way that they should go. And when they're older, hopefully they will not depart from it. Those are the type of things that we try to do as parents. And that's a lot of responsibility. We tell our kids all the time, we're not raising children. We're raising men. Like we're raising Mm -hmm. adults. We're raising men and women. We're not trying to raise kids. We want you guys to be raised properly. Yeah, and not that you, it always works. 
Yeah. When you take on that type of responsibility for your own children and then you hear about other people's children being treated this way, it, it does something to you. And, and I think that this is why they're never going to survive. The cabal's never going to survive. Now that all of this information's out about what they've been doing to our children, they're never going to survive this. It's, you can't stop this wave of rage that all of these parents are feeling right now. These parents and grandparents. Well, and I don't and- have like, I mean, yes, people can live how they want to live. I, I totally believe that. And, and b- being in home health nursing, there was times when, you know, we'd have a patient that would be not taking care of themselves or their house mm-hmm. was filthy or whatever. And we wanted to, you know, we want to call senior and disabled services and report them and be like, Hey, these people are like living in squalor and they'll come. They, Cause I've done it. They'll come back and say they're allowed to live how they want to live. Like mm-hmm. if they want to live with cat poop all over their house, they can, as long as they're mentally able to make that choice. Like they're mentally sure. able to go, I don't, I just don't want to clean it up. I don't feel like it. Then mm-hmm. they're allowed to live like that, which is heartbreaking, but you see it. And you know, we, we see it all the time, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But when you start bringing the kids in is when that, that becomes, that escalates it to like, to the next level. That's why it's surprising to me that between Florida and Maryland and Washington DC and all these places, not one charge was, issued against these men that were holding these children in a van. They didn't even have, they weren't even in a dwelling. They were literally living in a van. Yeah. Like it's heartbreaking. I, I just don't. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could go down a, a deep rabbit hole of child protective services and mm-hmm. the injustices that are there in that mm-hmm. offshoot of our, and their huge trafficking there are spoke in the wheel. How about we'll say yeah. that? Yeah. There's a lot of spokes that go into the wheel, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I don't, I, I couldn't really find anywhere where they were called. I know it's not CPS in every state. Right. It's DHS or whatever. Right. But, but there seemingly I couldn't find um, a connection where, you know, they called them and said, Hey, can you guys help us pick up this investigation since it's involving children? Right. And especially mm-hmm. since it was going across state lines, you're talking about that's when the FBI gets involved. Dun, dun, dun. When you take a child across state lines, that's, that's considered a national crime. So mm-hmm. we're not talking about just a crime in Florida of them living in, in this condition. This is a crime, a federal crime, you would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they had the intent to take them to Mexico. Mm -hmm. Well, the mothers came out later and said, I don't know why they said that they were never going to take them to Mexico, blah, 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 blah. Did they ever say what like the I know they said the final destination for them was going to be this school for gifted children. But did they ever have like an address or a, a place or they just get to say whatever they want and there's no follow up? Seemingly. Yeah. That's Yeah. I mean, it seems to be that they, they just don't care. Yeah. And, and, and then that leads to the question why, or at least right. in my mind, it does. Why don't they care? And mm-hmm. that's a lot of people to not care, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and you, you start to, you know, the, 
the person that isn't as deep into these rabbit holes as we are, I can see how somebody would be saying, how are they hiding this from everybody? You know, how are they able to take all of these children? Well, it's happening. Children are going missing all the time, like literally daily. And they just, they control the media. So you don't get to hear about the things that they don't want you to hear about. They control the narrative online. They control the narrative. Like, and this is an interesting thought I just uh, heard about the other day is, do you guys know what um, MK Ultra was called before it was called MK Ultra? Not just, Project Monarch. Not that. Mm-mm. Tell it me. was called Project Bluebird. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes. I didn't know that. Project Bluebird. And now, does everybody know what the logo for Twitter has been for so long? Does it start to make these connections come to your mind? And this is the platform that is the chosen platform for celebrities and anybody Mm -hmm. famous to use. This is, this is like, we're only officially putting our stuff on Twitter. Okay. Well, why? Yep. It's a mind control apparatus. Project Bluebird. So some things for you guys to think about. Obviously, the finders is not easy to find. Gosh, I couldn't wait to say that. And, you know, if you get online, you're going to have a hard time finding a lot of this stuff. But we have already directed you directly to the FBI's Mm -hmm. website where the person did a a FOIA. um, And so they had to probably I don't know if we've explained the Freedom of Information, which is the FOIA, but It's very, so that's how we, how all the declassified documents came out for MKUltra, but it's, Mm -hmm. you have to be very specific. Like, it's not just, I want to know about this. It's like super, super specific. And you have to know the project name in order for it to become declassified. So they had to, uh, whoever filed this Freedom of Information Act knew to write the finders as the, as the CIA, FBI project. Yeah. So they, they knew to put that in there, which is the only way any of this stuff ever came out. So imagine mm-hmm. all the projects, cause you know, it's, if you don't know by now, you should know these CIA projects. They're like, well, we stopped doing MK ultra back in, you know, 1970 or whatever, but which they did, but they just rename it something else. So then you, but then if you don't know what the name is, you don't know how to begin even trying to, put this FOIA paperwork together. Yeah. That's why whistleblowers are so important, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what is a whistleblower? It's just a human being. It's a person that finally decides that what is going on uh, behind the curtains is not okay, you know, and it's worth risking their lives and risking everything for this to come out. And that's what we've had a lot of whistleblowers coming out. And we've had a ton of them come out in the last couple of months because of that whistleblower uh, law that passed where Mm -hmm. the NDAs or the non-disclosure agreements have been set aside for a time so that they can discuss all of these secret projects and classified things that are, You know, it's we've gotten to the point now where the people are not going to deal with this anymore. People are standing up, which I love to see Mm -hmm. Um, the outcome of all of it. I'm not sure about. I don't know where it's all going to end up, where it's all going to fall. 
but I think we do always have hope in the fact that God is in control. Right. You know, I saw this thing today that said, I'm not going to stress about anything. I'm not going to worry about anything because it's not in the Bible. In fact, it tells us in the Bible to mm-hmm. not stress and to not worry. And um, the, the thing that I saw on the Internet said, I'm just going to let God be God, you know, and that's right. And it's and that's a reminder of do. that Bible verse that that where God's, you know, says vengeance is mine. Like that's mm-hmm. not our, it's not our place to take vengeance on these people mm-hmm. because it also very clearly says, if you harm one of these children, you'd be better off putting a millstone around your neck and jumping into the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's pretty specific about how he's. Yeah. He's going to take care of these, these people. You even want to call them people. I mean, yeah, true. How are you even a human being? Like, mm-hmm. ugh. It's so disgusting. I just don't know how you birth a child. You carry a child for nine months. You birth a child. That connection is something that is like so profound. Mm -hmm. And then you hand this child over to these men, like willingly. It it doesn't make any sense. That's what almost makes me feel like the moms are gone. The moms are dead. That's what I was going to say. These are not their moms because I I don't know. Well, if you think about generationally, if there's mind control or abuse or something mm-hmm. you know, generationally going on, these mothers really don't know what's going on. They, mm-hmm. They've been programmed and controlled that this is, this is the norm. Right. And they may have multiple personalities or alters or whatever you want to call them. And they mm-hmm. can, you know, flip on the mom. And that's, and- that's how they can survive day to day. Yeah. Like that's how they sit down and eat dinner and do all the normal things is because they have to have it a different place they go. Yeah. I mean, they have a, they have a hierarchy of kidnapped children, which is hard to hear, but you know, there's some children that are used for collecting other children. You know, they'll use one child that's already been programmed and stuff to, to lure in more children. There's other children that are used for sex. There's other children that are used for Mm -hmm. sacrifices. And there's other children that grow up to be people that are giving birth to more children so that they can have more and more children. And some of those mothers like Bethany, Kristen were saying, you're, they're already brainwashed because they've grown up in this system of torture. They've grown up in this system of brainwashing and this is their job. This is the job that they've been given is to, is to birth more children. And a lot of times it comes through rape. It's not even, it's not even a, a good birthing experience for them, which is horrifying and terrible. But this is why we're talking about it, because it's actually happening and it doesn't make any sense for us to just close our eyes and click our heels together and say that I I just want to go back to Kansas because I can't fathom that this stuff is happening. But but God tells us to be strong, that there's nothing that you know, we're going to come up against that, that we're not going to be able to handle. He'll never give us more than we're able to handle. And I think there's a lot of people out there that think I can't handle this. I can't handle Mm -hmm. children being hurt. I think you can, I think you can handle people out there listening. Hopefully you're hearing me and my heart. I think you can handle the brutalization and the murdering of children because 
it gives you the opportunity to do something about it. Now, if you were just going to hear about it and nothing was ever going to happen, that would be another thing entirely because then you would be stuck with that trauma in your mind for the rest of your life. But we are not asking anybody to be stuck in trauma. We're talking about this stuff so that there can be an awareness so that we can all do something about it. Because everybody in their own communities, in their own neighborhoods, in their own families can do their own part. You know, you Mm -hmm. can teach your kids about child trafficking and help them to understand that we need to be careful. We need these are the things that we can look out for. If you're not doing that with your children, please do. Because they need to understand. They need to know that there are children out there that are trying to lure in other children. Like as well, sick as that is. Well, think about it. That's how Epstein got all of his girls. Mm-hmm. They would be like, hey, we're, you know, high school girls. They're like, hey, this guy will pay us a hundred bucks if we just go give him a massage. And that was how he recruited all of those hundreds and hundreds of girls to come to his house and give him massages. Mm-hmm. That was exactly it. Those that was their job was to go get more because then if I bring like if I bring Bethany in and she gets a hundred bucks, but then I get two hundred bucks because I not only am coming and giving a massage, but I'm also bringing another person with me. That's mm-hmm. how that's how pyramid schemes work. Yeah. And that's why the divorce rates are so high and the, the, cause they don't want the families to stick together. How much easier is it for you to steal a child from a single mother that's trying to just survive and she's at work and her kids Mm -hmm. at home, he's a latchkey. He comes home from school and he takes care of himself and he just wants to go over to his friend's house and hang out, play video games. And his friend's dad is a trafficker and he has Mm -hmm. no idea. And the, and the friend is, has been trafficked. That's not even his real dad. Like we don't know what's going on right. in our own neighborhoods. It happens a lot more than, than people realize, yeah. but being aware, it was like the, whoever it was that originally called this in, in Florida, like see something, say something. Mm-hmm. They called it in because they saw something. These men were super well-dressed and really nicely put together. And, and these kids were clearly not like they, So it looked weird and they called the authorities, which is mm-hmm. what we should all be doing. If we see something that doesn't seem right or doesn't look right. Yeah. If they wouldn't have done that, then we would, we wouldn't be talking about the finders today because yeah. we would still not know. Because this is the only information that we have on them. Yep. So anyway, so we'll put the documentary in the notes. Yeah. Cause there's mm-hmm. a little bit more details in there about some more things that they found in those warehouses. Um, and some of the stuff that brutal. kids, that, the kids talked about, like there was some animal sacrifices or something. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's more to it than obviously what we can get into in an hour. So um, yeah. we'll put the documentary well, there. And, and if you want to go through all the pages of the FBI declassified stuff, awesome. You'll see something that we didn't see because we, you know, the stuff that we have looked at, we all see something a little bit different. So, mm-hmm. and that's what it takes is a bunch of people putting their heads together and making sense of this ridiculously redacted paperwork. Yep. Yep. Together we are strong. So let's continue to talk these things out. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We know that you missed us. We get it. Yes. We miss us too a lot of times. But uh, anyway, we hope you guys are doing well out there. And uh, don't forget to stay fringy, my friends. All right, you guys, that's it for us. We're going to get out of here. Again, I'm Rick. I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. 
And we are That So Fringy Podcast. We'll see you on the next. Bye. Bye.